Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Dr. Ethan Becker. Ethan is the president of the Speech Improvement Company, an organization which has been around for quite a while, and it helps individuals master the art and science of effective communication. He's a second-generation speech coach and trainer, and he's also the best-selling author of Mastering Communication at Work, How to Lead, Manage, and Influence. Ethan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here, Joe. So what do you wish more people knew? I wish people were able to see other people's point of view more clearly, to, to, to read past their own understanding of the words, to seek meaning and intent. In this time, when you work with leaders who are concerned about getting those communications across, what do you see to be their biggest misconceptions about effective communication? Well, it's, it, maybe it look, you could look at that at different levels. At the small group, small team level, there's one way of looking at it. Uh, at the large enterprise level, to me, there's no doubt about it. Uh, change management initiatives and stuff. Big communication messages are sent out through an email. And then people are confused as to why there's problems. <laughs> and kind of like that big idea, it's like there's so much room for misunderstanding of language uh, interpretations. So we we would rather see senior leaders come up with what we refer to as a communication strategy. It's something all of the community, all of the consulting firms, they just don't understand this stuff. They, they look at the spreadsheets and the data and the statistics and say, your company needs to make these changes. And, oh yeah, by the way, just communicate it out. And they put a memo, but that doesn't actually connect or inspire or motivate along with the change. But with a communication strategy, you think through what is the most effective way to get 5,000 people in our organization on board. And I think out of laziness, folks, not lazy, I shouldn't say laziness, that's mean, but they resort to like a webcast or an email. And it does, there, there are some stronger ways to do it that at the end of the day, you get what you want, you get your result, everyone's on board. Yeah, I mean, delivering major changes and major announcements Age, that's the big stuff. At, at, a, at a major level is difficult for many people yeah. to feel personally affected and bought into that. So what are some of those micro strategies that you found to be effective as leaders communicate difficult news and big changes in a way that really resonates with their, their community and with their employees? Well, so yeah, the, and those with the, with the big, with the mass communication, uh, in a simple way, we just look at it as a strategy, right? So you start with your direct reports and you communicate it in a way that they can understand it. Now just stop right there for just a moment, that they can understand it. That's the skill in communication. We understand already, like we already know what's in our head. We know why, as we like to say back here in New England, why you're wicked smart. Like, you know what's going on. But <laughs> that was really good, to, by the way. Yeah, yeah thanks. I'm gonna have everybody try that after. There we go. So what you've got to do is figure out what are some of the communication um, patterns that my listeners need me to be in order to understand what I'm saying. You start there, then you work with that team. You got to get them on board, move them, improve them or lose them. At that point, if they're not on board, if it's a big change initiative, it's not mean spirited, but they probably need to go. 
And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just it's, it's not going to work otherwise, right? But, you, but either way, you get them on board. Then you discuss and practice, keyword there, with them. How will they then communicate the idea, the vision to the next level down? And then you do the same thing with maybe another. And how many levels you go? I don't know. It depends on the size of the group. At a certain point, you now have critical mass at the top of the organization with the vision, with the idea. Enough people who can answer the questions and the objections and the concerns, and they've practiced it and they've vetted it. Now, when you do, maybe it's a mass email. Now, when you do the announcement, as the, the folks four, five, six, seven, eight levels lower have questions, thoughts, concerns, you've got an army of people who sincerely understand the vision. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of teams do is it's a very small bubble at the top. Don't ever question the top. The memo came out, like it or leave it. People sit in silence until they ultimately quit. Mm. <laughs> so there's anyway, there's a whole bunch. I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but that's, that's kind of what happens. Right. So high stakes communication really requires high touch uh, interactions and, and it, strategy. It, it mm -hmm. does. It's, and it's, it's worth it. The payoff is, well, the payoff, it's how long do you, there's disruption with change. Do you want a month or do you want six months or two years? Mm -hmm. That's the question that should be on the table. And a lot of folks are like, well, it's a lot of work to do this stuff. Well, it's work. That's, sure. they call it work. Right. But the payoff is, is huge. It's profound because then you get people bought in and excited mm -hmm. and rallied and you get what you're looking for. The vision comes. So, so what stuff. are some... What are some things that leaders can do apart from the, the high touch communication that can help them get started on this path towards effective communication, even when things seem to be more or less stable? One of the things they can do is when in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, uh, become aware of their own attitudes and responses to things. When people are talking uh, and they're using particular words or terms, words shape perception. Right. That's how our society works across well, all languages, all cultures. We have sounds. We're humans, right? We've, we've figured out how to take thoughts and then convert the noises the body can make into sounds that another human can hear, decode, and then understand. And for the most part, pretty good. I go into a coffee shop and I get the coffee I want, right? It's like for the most part. But there's so much room for misunderstanding. Even two people from the exact same culture can misunderstand each other. But see, as a leader or as a manager, if I can, if I can recognize how am I interpreting things, um, how am I responding or reacting? Am I getting frustrated or annoyed and so forth? Not that that's bad. That's human. But if I can recognize it, I can craft a more accurate and helpful reply in that moment uh, when I'm in conversations. And for the most part, you don't have to worry about this. If the relationship's great and things are going great, it's probably on autopilot. But when it's not, when it's not going the way you want, the vision isn't there, it's frustrated. That's one place that you can begin is in your own responses and understanding of the words. Mm. So developing a greater awareness of your own internal signals and how you communicate those out is certainly helpful. That's really helpful. What else could leaders do before they engage in a high stakes conversation to both put people at ease, settle their own nerves, and deliver the message successfully? Well, one, one of the things that we like to, to teach uh, here at Speech Improvement uh, is Aristotle uh, over 2000 years ago. One of the things he was looking at was how people think and process information. And uh, I talk about this actually 
chapter one in the book, uh, Aristotle said that people tend to reason and process in one of two different ways, inductive and deductive. He said the inductive thinker needs all the background details first, then the point. And the deductive thinker needs the point first and then the background information. And this may sound a little bit like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But this is a huge source of misunderstanding because when these two people meet each other, there's a high level of frustration and disconnect in the intended message. It's lost. So as a listener, if I want to help you feel at ease, I, it's helpful for me to identify how do you like it? Not how do I like it? How do you like it? Or how do you, like might not be the right word. How do you need it in mm -hmm. order to understand me? Now, most of us are close to the center of these two things. So it's no biggie. But when we go too far to the inductive or too far to the deductive, the frustration is there. And if that happens to you, you don't have to like, it's not like, oh, I blew it. Just stop talking and, and move to the other side. And boom, instantly, your listeners will come back into focus. Mm -hmm. Get this wrong and the result is boredom and yeah. frustration. Yeah. So effective communication, whether that's in times of crisis or just times of stability, really starts with, number one, being more attuned to your own internal communication signals and, and tendencies, and then having a strategy that allows people to feel bought in and brought along rather than getting the information in one big dump and reveal. Yeah. And then also making sure that they have the space to be able to feel like they're a part of that conversation as, as a collaborator and a, yeah. a co-creator rather than just feeling like they're on the receiving end. Yeah. And what you just said there is really interesting. I mean, there's a section in the book, we talk about validation and validating is an interesting thing. Uh, it's not as simple as just, thank you, Joe, for that kind comment. It's like, that's one way of validating, but to someone else, that's just obnoxious. The ability to validate somebody is a real skill because you've got to understand how different people interpret things as a validator. For one, it might be a head nod. For someone else, it's a pat on the back. For someone else, it's verbally saying, thank you for that contribution. It's not the same for everyone. But this is why you can't just, in our experience, you can't just watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden you're this great leader or manager. I mean, you can get interesting ideas, but at the end of the day, you've got to really learn this stuff. And the greats do, they really do. It's a great wish, Ishan. Thank you so much for, for sharing your wish with us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.